Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. New show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, 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 good morning. It's us, the boys, V the Grill Economist, and my main man, CJ, working the airwaves and making sure the broadcast is coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Follow me on Getter. CJ, I got to give you my Getter link. Getter, getter. <laughs> getter down. Getter, getter down. Follow me on Getter at V the Gorilla. I am there. I am there. I am posting all sorts of uh, delicious information. So go check me out over there. And uh, also check out all the other wonderful things that we have in terms of roguenews.com. All the platforms we're on. The links are all in the description box. And with that being said, El Cuco, what's going on, brother? How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, brother. Doing, doing, doing great. Um, yeah, had 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 a good weekend, busy weekend. Um, how about yourself, bro? Man, it's always a busy weekend, you know. Just uh, just doing a lot of uh, uh, things around the house and trying to get situated here. That's about it, man. But it's always it's always a busy time, brother. It's always a busy time. Yeah, busy busy time. I'm glad, I'm glad the holidays are over, bro. Yeah, yeah. Finally, finally started to get like you know decked out from the holidays and all that kind of stuff. Getting all the lights down and all that. It's just. So much work always goes into it every year, and then boom, it's gone. It's gone like in a snap of the fingers. But um, yeah, the, just this weekend, I just kept you know just kept an eye on uh, what was happening in you know with Russia and and the and the entire terrorist thing. It was just you know kind of nuts how that got played out. V, kind of crazy. You, you, want, you want to know some? There, there are reports right now that Kazakhstan is denying this, but Russia is confirming that there was a U.S. bioweapons lab that was captured in Kazakhstan. And uh, I'll tell you right now, man, I, I believe the Russians on that one. I think there was. Look, the U.S. has been building, okay? They've been building uh, over 29 bioweapons laboratories in and around the world, in Africa, uh, right near the borders of China, all, you know, right, you know, uh, you know, dotting the borders of Russia, a few in Ukraine. I mean, this is diabolical, okay? No other country in the world does that except exceptional stand, exceptional stand, Exceptional stand even loves its people so much. That's why we have uh, Fort Detrick, Maryland, and you know, not too far away from populous uh, areas where there's a lot of populations in Maryland. And in fact, right now, as I'm talking to you, there are there is a bioweapons lab in development in downtown Manhattan because the government loves you so much. They love you so much, and that's what they want to do. One thing that I will also tell you about the whole Kazakhstan thing, folks. Okay, now a lot of people are like, well, look at Kazakhstan. Why has it got so much uh, occultic New World Order uh, architecture and 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 you know architectural sites and and monuments and things of that sort? Well, you got to understand. Last 20, 30 years, uh, Kazakhstan was was ruled by uh, Nursultan Nazarbayev. Now, Nazarbayev was a total Western lackey. 
He hated Putin. He hated Russia. He thought he could actually be in Kazakhstan and then do some power plays with Russian oligarchs in Russia during the time of the Soviet Union collapse. And that, of course, blew up in his face. Now, during that time, he was a, you know, when you look at Kazakhstan, the number one uh, controller of Kazakh energy is none other than, she uh, I think it was uh, Chevron. Chevron is the main oil energy company that is running the uh, energy in Kazakhstan. Chevron is also a big player in Ukraine all of a sudden, right? They want to do everything they can to uh, push out the Russians. Then you have to also understand the fact that the majority of the Kazakh money, guess who managed most of the Kazakh money? Siege. It was a, a, a prominent <laughs> British politician. Can you take, can you, can you take a guess? Uh, no, don't say it was Tony Blair. Ah, you hit the oh nail on the head. Gosh. <laughs> it, uh, sir, 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 to sir Tony, yeah. Yes, it's Sir Anthony Blair. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, Nazarbayev made, uh, because he, you know, he was serving his Western masters, he erected many, many occultic, New World Order, Illuminist, Luciferian monuments all over the place. Now, Nazarbayev has been removed from power, right? But the impression that he left in Kazakhstan is still felt to this day, and he's been jockeying to get back in power because his ultimate thing was for him to step out of power and put his daughter in place as the new power broker in Kazakhstan. That, of course, never worked out. So this is the struggle that the Kazakh people are facing. And Tony Blair, for the last 11 years, is the one that was managing most of the Kazakh money and has that personal consultation contract signed with Nazarbayev um, during that entire thing, man. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But it's it's yeah. it's it's falling it's falling apart, Siege. It 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 is falling apart. You know, it's here's what's crazy is that you know, Blinken gets up there and, and gives this speech in regards to uh, foreign intervention. Like, hey, you know, we, we need to have a better understanding of 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 this intent, intent, this new alliance, it's going to be, you know, joining and, and providing peacekeeping. And they keep labeling it. They keep saying like uh, protesters and, and, you know, people that are protesting against the energy prices and everything when they darn well know what's happening. And then he he finishes his statement with saying, well, you know, once, once, once Russia enters, enters your, your house or gives it, it's really tough to get them to leave. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. it's like, um, uh, excuse me, what the hell do we do? It's like, <laughs> I mean, the last time I looked, I think that we're still in Iraq. I think that we're still in Syria. Um, I'm trying, you know, probably everywhere else, uh, South Korea. I mean, just Dude, you name it more than we are in there. We're, we're in 930 some odd bases in 130 some odd countries. It, it, we're everywhere you want us to be. Plus about there, there, there are more places than we are siege. <laughs> There is one thing, one thing, you know, one thing's for certain um, that it did show the world. And that's that's how effective that Russia military is in terms of, of strategy, in terms of mobilizing deployment of of, of troops, uh, deployment, not only the, the troops, but the strategy involved with it to be able to quell and, and squash uh, that that terrorist um, organization within basically like, you know, you know, 48 hours. Uh, I watched a, a good portion of the hour and a half long 
uh, speech today that they gave the the I can't remember what what are those members called of the the alliance the peace alliance in a somebody wow. in the chat put it up later on you know once you look it up but long story short they were talking about specifically that you know at one time you know they 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 knew that there was a portion of of people that were legitimately upset about the the energy pri- energy price hike but then what happened it was it was completely infiltrated and specific groups went in and targeted. Uh, the major financial city, and they had, you know, two or three different networks that were operating very well trained, very well uh, armored. They knew the the logistics how to fight. They had they had not only did they have weapons, they had you know armor, all that kind of stuff coming into it. So I'm very curious as to what information will get revealed. Be I'm not saying that this was strictly just orchestrated just by. Uh, U.S. Intel. We uh, obviously we know somehow that uh, that the MI6 that the, the the Brits had to be involved in some of this. Just again, just attempt to uh, disrupt. And this event to me, I just I just it's it speaks volumes in terms of what's going to happen with the next round of conversation in regards to uh, NATO and also um, Ukraine. Yep, absolutely right, man. Absolutely right. And, you know, the thing about the Ukraine and NATO specifically, there's a lot of things going on right there, right? When we look at the fact um, that the U.S. and what they're doing, right? I mean, recently, since you want to pull up this article because we're on the subject of Eurasia, might as well pull up, um, that, that's the one with NATO. But let's look at real quick the, the RT article, how U.S. state media rebrands Nazi collaborators as freedom fighters. This should be something, this is not new, right? This is not new. You had Al Nursa, Al Kaboom, Al Shwarma, Al, you know, uh, uh, you know, chicken, uh, you know, goat fried rice, whatever you want to call them, right? Whatever terrorist name you want to call them. And you do enough digging, they're US backed. Okay. Wahhabism, which is what causes. Right, Wahhabism and it's and, and it's offshoot uh, Salafism and whatnot, which is what causes this radicalization of low IQ individuals in certain mosques around the world, is a brand that is very much key and identified as a U.S. as well as European, British slash you know Israeli concoction is a creation of the Western intelligence state. Okay, case in point. Right. If you look at every single terrorist group, right, if they're so anti-West, and I've made this comment so many times, and it's hilarious when you think about it, right? ISIS is so anti-Western, CJ, that 99.99% of its victims are Muslims. (laughs) (laughs) Al-Qaeda is so anti-Western, they hate the great Satan America, that 99.99% of Al-Qaeda's victims are all Muslims. These Islamic terrorist groups do nothing but serve at the bidding of their Western masters. Now, just like you wouldn't be surprised, you had guys like Ray Epps, a federal agent, in you know, that was spearheading much of the what happened on January the 6th. Likewise, you have look at the whole Whitmer case. 12 out of the 13 guys were all FBI agents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So if the feds have have these radicalized individuals that are leading the charge for them domestically. The feds also have radicalized individuals that lead the charge for them internationally. 
and they rebrand these people. They're no longer terrorists. They're freedom fighters. They're they're the opposition force. We're here for a democracy. A demo- fighting for that disgusting. I, every time I hear that word, siege, my stomach turns. Democracy. I hate that word because I know what it is. It's a lowbrow, low IQ uh, axiom that statists use in order to quell the population into thinking that they have a choice and something righteous and good is happening. Democracy is a euphemism for communism, folks. Okay, democracy is a euphemism for communism. And now how the U.S. rebrands all this, like, look at this. The Ukrainian language channel, this U.S. state-run broadcaster referral, is making a concerted effort to rehabilitate the life and legacy of World War II-era Nazi collaborator Stepan Bandera, widely held by historians to have been a war criminal, right? A video, and this is what amazes me. Right, you have Israel, who is an ally of the United States, and they're completely fine with the U.S. supporting the Azov Brigade in Ukraine, which are a bunch of neo Nazis. The U.S. supporting Spavoda, which is also a bunch of neo Nazis in Ukraine. The U- and both and Israel has no problem providing logistics and medical care for uh, for injured and wounded ISIS fighters. Names and tribalistic. Um, titles are just tools used by the globalist folks. That's all it is. That's what it comes down to. Video posted by the broadcaster registered as a foreign agent in Russia earlier this month argued that Ukrainians are deeply divided whether the wartime leader was a hero or a villain. While leaning heavily in favor of a hero narrative, referral is part of a U.S. agency for global media, a government-controlled organization with an annual budget of $800 million. Think about that. Ukraine is a broke, backwater, failed state at this point. It, this was a country that really is, a, is an artificial country. You want to talk about an artificial country? Ukraine would be a perfect example of it. Okay? People always talk about, you know, Palestinians as a made-up state. Well, here's a perfect example of a made-up state is Ukraine. Okay? Completely made up. All right? Now... <clears throat> How does this failed state, which is now a backwater boondongle for narco-trafficking, human trafficking, and money laundering, which is now their key functions, that is the key functions that Ukraine right now provides for the empire. If the empire needs narcotics, human slaves, uh, sex slaves, child uh, uh, trafficking, or if the empire needs money laundering for its leads, Ukraine is a wonderful place to get that done. And it's laundered in Ukraine and shot out through banks in Latvia. That's the way it works. And then from Latvia, it can go to either a Cypriot bank or it can go to a Greek bank and then on its way or an Irish bank and or a Caribbean bank and then on its way out to the U.S. coffers of certain U.S. politicians. That's the way the game is played. So how does this broken backwater state receive an $800 million a year budget siege? Think about that. Mm. Eight. Hundred million. That's that's a huge budget. That's a huge budget. Eight hundred million, almost a billion dollars. It's insane. How is that possible? Right. And what was the thing? Their whole entire charter was to quote unquote promote foreign policy objectives of the United States. And this guy Bandera, right? This guy's the figurehead of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationals (OUN). 
which formed an alliance with Hitler's Third Reich, and they played a role in routing out Jews and executing civilians and fighting the advance of the Red Army. It's amazing to me. Here are Slavs, Slavic people whom Hitler thought were subhumans. And this idiot, Bandera, is with Hitler fighting the Red Army. Many members of the OUN eventually fought as part of the all-Ukrainian 1st Galatian Division of the Waffen-SS. Oh, that's, that's, that's so nice. <clears throat> it's very inclusive of the Waffen-SS siege. Absolutely. A locally raised unit under the control of the Nazi commanders. Descendants of the virulent nationalist movement continue to hold Bandera aloft as their anti-Russian ideological figurehead. Isn't it amazing, folks? Ukraine, which is a a, a, a a composite state, a made-up state, a fake state, right, wants to go into its history. There's not much history it can go back into. But when it goes back into its history, because look, its history, Ukraine's history is Russia. Okay? The the birth of the of the 1000 year Russian state had its origins in the Black Sea, in Crimea in Ukraine, and then spread out through the rest of the of the entire Russian ge- uh, geography, okay, geographic region. So if Ukraine goes further back, that's why they, they don't go all the way back into Ukrainian history, because Ukrainian history is Russian history, and they want to sever that. So the newly created state of Ukraine could only go back only a few years, right? They could only go back a few decades. And the decades they go back into that fits their current Western puppet master's narrative is an anti-Russian narrative. So who do they go? They are literally, as some sort of a virtue siege, this is the most insane thing in the world, as some sort of a virtue, they are going back into their history and, and, and what they're coming out with and what they're putting forth in front of everybody are a bunch of Nazis. <coughs> Excuse me. I find that remarkable. So you go back into your history, and the only people you can bring out and parade around are Nazis. That's kind of pathetic. I mean, it's a joke. It's it's literally a cosmic joke, especially the fact that the Ukrainian country is led by a Jewish comedian. See, you couldn't write this stuff. You couldn't write this stuff. No, you you couldn't. I mean, it just, man, I tell you, it just to 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 you know how you just broke it down taking a look at it being to understand you know what's happening here and and the ukrainian people like do they even get what's happening do they understand truly probably probably not and nor would ever we see in the media or the for you know western press would we see uh the reality of what's what you know ukraine is yeah now when you look to the other article here see so we have nato prepare for new armed conflict in europe again the saber rattling Okay. The EU is rapidly being turned into a non-player on the global stage. Okay, they're being left to to wither on the vine. Uh, the US masters who literally go into Europe and throw bags of money around to buy up all the politicians, they have no use for them in the grand strategy. They're a legacy brand. All these European countries are nothing but legacy brands that are dying out. Okay. Now here's Stallenberger. You never trust a man whose name, whose first name is Jen. Okay, I don't know any any men named Jen. Maybe it's short for Jennifer. 
Do not trust Jennifer Stallenberg. Look at it. <laughs> Just before the Russia NATO talks kick off in Geneva Monday, Secretary General Jen Stallenberg warned that if negotiations fail, the Western Military Alliance stands ready for a new armed conflict in Europe. Here is a guy who has a, a ragtag, loosely knit cadre of kleptocrats and, and insolvent nations that they run. And this guy is threatening armed conflict because they think that they can start some sort of a conflict and the U.S. will back them. They think that if they were to do the U.S.'s bidding to create more and more sable rattling, that somehow that if there is a war, the, the, the United States will come in and help them. We all know the United States will be mauled in a matter of hours in an armed conflict against the Russian army. That is a fact. Mauled. Mauled to death. It'll be like Khabib Nurmagomedov beating Conor McGregor. That's how bad it'll be. He told the Financial Times in the French inter in the fresh interview, I know the history of Russia. For centuries, they have experienced conflicts with their neighbors. But Russia has an alternative to cooperate and work with NATO. <laughs> this guy's nuts. It is possible to find together a path, a political path to follow, and also to respond to Russia's concerns. But there is always a risk of conflict. NATO deterrence is incredible and strong. We must hope and work hard for the best, but prepare for the worst. <laughs> Unbelievable. These are a group of people, see, that have completely forgotten the fact that they stand naked, bare, broken, insolvent, wretched, and blind. I'm trying to think of the last time that that NATO, uh, like, or even for that matter, even even U.S. United States, like, in terms of you know, real war, like, real war experience of what. Russians, um, you know, went through in, in World War II and taking back to understand the, the inept uh, ability of the people that we have. And, and I'm careful to even designate or even label them as, as, as leaders. These are just, these are just strictly, you know, figureheads, people who have either been identified, promoted through academia People who have probably read books uh, on on strategy or so forth, maybe even maybe even not yet, and they try to implement these things, trying to understand, you know, what what is happening. And there was a great article I can't remember where it was, but it was kind of like talking about how like we're looking basically with Ukraine at a, at a reverse Cuba missile crisis. Basically, it's like yeah. it's like a reverse situation uh, that that that's occurring, and that's equivalent for Americans. But and by the way, this isn't covered in, in most parts for any type of, of media unless you're watching Fox News and you get the, the brilliant minds of like you know Mike Pompeo and oh god and Pompous. um Nikki he, Haley. You saw others. how much weight Pompous uh, has lost. Yeah, he looks like maybe he has AIDS or something. I don't know. I um, well, if we should be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, who are advocating and strictly talking like that, you you know, that we we have the ability for you know for, for first strike uh you know options here and that you know this is the this for some reason Ukraine is kind of like the line in the sand, you know, with Russia, and I'm and I'm struggling to identify identify what what why you know, and, and when you look at the uh, back in you know probably five or six years ago where the previous Ukraine um, president administration whoever was 
literally brokering a deal with with Russia. I think, as a matter of fact, they had already discussed aid uh, at that point when there was some type of revolution swept in, uh, regime change, and then all of a sudden they're plugged into Western alliance. But but if they think for one moment that they're dealing that the that the NATO NATO thinks that they're dealing with a uh, 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 unorganized, not a well-trained, um, you know, adversary, they're, they're, they're dead wrong. Um, the problem is, as I, I think that they have no other options at this, at this point, but to pursue escalation in Ukraine and, and why, because they probably don't, they don't care at all about what happens with Ukraine. You know, this is kind of like their line in the sand they're, the embarrassment with Afghanistan, with yep. the, the vacating Afghanistan, the embarrassment with the entire foreign policy of being asked by every basically, you know, the, the, the Iraqis are asking us to leave. I think everywhere they're basically asking us to leave. So so I, I think this is it. I, I, I don't like the part where they're talking about some of the, the more stringent type things that are going to are going to happen in terms of what the United States can do. And I think that it just further uh, pushes the, the demise of 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 the dollar it further pushes the demise of the current economic model which maybe that's what they want maybe maybe that's the plan by them removing uh russia um other uh, alliances that they have uh, removing them from from swift and trying to penalize them that way v i think it's just it's just it's just a stupid policy it it, it doesn't make any sense at all but I, I i don't think they have any other options at this point but to try to on the surface remain apparent and visually that they're strong. And when we know that they're not. Yeah. The, the Russia's been prepared and China has been prepared for several, several years at this point to be completely switched off from swift. And um, it wouldn't affect them. It wouldn't affect them the way that, that a lot of people think. And the world, <clears throat> it's battle lines are being drawn. And you got to understand when, when the threat of, of 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 having Iran completely cut off from SWIFT, what happened? Well, if you remember, the EU back a couple several years ago created a, spe- a SPIC, a special investment vehicle, in order for the European Union to continue to do business with Iran. And they were also setting up to do the same thing with Russia, just in case if the Russians got cut off from SWIFT. So you cannot cut off, you cannot isolate. Any country, especially a country as uh, as big and broad as Russia, with an economy the size of theirs, that encompasses, I don't know, 10, 12 time zones, right? A country that is a trading partner of many other countries throughout the world and is also a major trading partner of China. You can never isolate them and hurt them economically. And this is what the U.S. fails to understand. This is a different ballgame, okay? We're not the – this is not the 1970s anymore, folks. Okay, nobody believes our bullshit. It's not the 1970s anymore. It's not – you know, we're going to be the, the, the service-based consumer economy and the rest of the world, the third world is going to continue to be our, our sweatshop factory, make things for us to consume. Those days are over. Those days are far gone. And this is what people need to understand is, is that, you know, it's a major, major changing of the tide, but yet they don't stop. They're still continuing this nonsense. And meanwhile, while this nonsense has continued and there's a major breakdown of our civil rights here at home, there's a major breakdown in our freedoms, there's a major breakdown in our liberties, and we have, CJ, states that are, like New York, that are coming out with some of the most draconian bills 
you've ever seen. Okay, look at New York. New York comes out with this insane. They will be the first, the absolute first. And this is why the left have completely lost the narrative. I, I don't. I don't think real liberals exist anymore, Siege. I think they're 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 becoming an endangered species where they've melded, in a lot of regards, with us libertarians and or conservatives into some varying spectrum. But when you look at the left right now, it's the hard left. And look at this idiot, like this moron, the new Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York. This is what he's doing, right? He's incoming New York mayor. Has a lot of bill giving the vote to non-citizens to become law automatically. That's after the city council passed it last month. Non-citizens, and so de Blasio sets up the bill. The idiot municipal low IQ idiots that, that, that make up city council in New York City voted that this is a great idea. What can possibly go wrong? Okay. And then Eric Adams comes in and he signs it into law. Non-citizen New Yorkers who have lived in the city for at least a month. That's all you need. Sneak across the border, make it to the sanctuary city. New York City is now a sanctuary city. It has been for several years. Okay. You make it to the sanctuary city of New York, and now you can vote in this local elections. How insane is that? That is, we all know how that plays out. That is cementing Democrat power. Democrats do not want well-educated, critical thinking people coming into this country. They want all the Guatemalans. They want people from war-torn El Salvador. They want people from the backwaters of Honduras. They want people to come here and vote for government assistance and all sorts of benefits that they'll get. But they don't want people from Cuba. No, no, if you're Cuban, don't come here. If you're Venezuelan, don't come here. In other words, we don't want people who, who know what it's like, who tasted what it's like to live under oppressive communist regimes. No, 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 we don't want that. We want the most servile, the most dumbed down, low IQ people here so they can continue to vote and prop us up. And this is what it is. This is, in effect, creating more balkanization. In other words, the blue concentration is being intensified. It's insanity. This will become law on Sunday. Okay, Non-citizen New Yorkers who have lived in the city for at least a month may legally vote in city elections as of next year, according to a bill which became law through the mayor's inaction on Sunday. Adams, while expressing reservations with certain aspects of the bill, did not choose to veto or otherwise challenge it, allowing the city council's passage of the legislation to stand after what he called a productive dialogue with others in city government. While there are more than a dozen communities in the U.S. that allow non-citizens to vote in New York with more than 800,000 non-citizens calling the city at least temporary home. Folks, the number, it's more than 800,000. It's its in the millions. It's in the millions, probably two to three million people, okay, that are non-citizens, probably even up to five million people that are non-citizens that are calling New York City home. Up to five million. Guaranteed. It is by far the most populous to pass such a measure 11 towns in Maryland and two in Vermont have done the same, but their populations amount to only a fraction of the country's largest urban area. Legally documented voting age non-citizens reportedly make up one out of nine New York's seven million adult residents. Now, you got to understand, the numbers are much higher than this. Because the illegals, they don't fill out census forms. So there's no way for the city to even figure this out. Okay, the, the city databases are all put together by high school kids like with very low education, their computer systems are, are a joke. The databases are, are absolute crap. 
If the new law goes unchallenged, non-citizens who have been lawful permanent residents of New York for at least 30 days, man, that's all you need. Sneak across the border, get to New York, you're free. You might as well be, you are living your own country at that point. You're living in a neutral state at that point. Okay. The, as well, okay, so all you need is 30 days, as well as with the U.S. work authorization and the quote-unquote dreamers will be allowed to vote in the elections for the city's mayor, borough president, comptroller, public advocate, and city council members. In other words, New York City, which has a, I don't know, uh, the NYC's economy is like three and a half, four trillion dollars a year. I mean, it's, a, it's an insane amount. And that number is dropping. And a hard, like 90 some odd percent of that number is literally the financial services. And let me tell you something, folks. A lot of people are leaving New York in droves. This will cause critically thinking people who haven't left to leave. The Board of Elections is responsible for deciding how the division will work and must create a functional voter registration system that will prevent non-citizen voters from also casting ballots in national state elections. Given the board's trouble, history, with simpler issues like sending the proper ballots to city residents during the 2020 elections, some missteps are likely. But an implementation plan must be submitted in July in order for non-citizens to vote in the 2023 elections. Adams, who was inaugurated as mayor as part of the city's New Year's celebration, initially expressed concern with the 30-day residency requirement, but rather than challenging the bill, he allowed the month-long period in which he would have been able to halt its passage to expire without incident. This is insanity. This is insanity. Folks, you have to understand, now every New York is going to be a criminal hotbed. It's going to be, a, this is literally ringing the dinner bell for some narco sharks to set up shop in New York, because what is happening here? Okay, New York is a major port. New York is a major hub. A lot of the you know transportation sectors and corridors run into New York. That's on the East Coast. And now you're going to have millions of migrants that are going to sneak across the border. They will set up shop in the city, Manhattan, the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island. They'll set up shop over there without a doubt. Now watch this now. New York City also elected a DA who had 89% of the vote, Andrew Bragg. Now, who the hell is Andrew Bragg? Another George Soros-funded and elected district attorney who has explicitly stated he will not prosecute any crimes. So, see, with the influx of illegals and a and a prosecutor who will not prosecute, what can possibly go wrong, bro? Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? If you haven't left NYC and you, your job is dependent on you know, move states, man. If you're retired and you're living in NYC, like go to Florida, like your money will go further. You know, you you get better weather and you don't have to worry about living in in, in like a Nazi concentration camp. It's absolutely ridiculous. So this is the left further turning their areas further blue. Think about it. Folks, I'll say it again. There was a famous politician whose name I forget. He said it best. He said, immigration without assimilation is invasion. Immigration without assimilation is invasion. Think about that. Now watch this. See, the 
wonderful, loving, liberal state of Washington. What are they up to, Siege? Oh, what's this? There, whoa, there we go. Bill filed in Washington with authorized strike force what? to involuntary detain unvaccinated families. In a Zoom meeting on proposed agenda January 21st, update Washington releases an official statement on this. This is coming to us from the Gateway Pundit. The Washington State Board of Health may sue amend a law to authorize the involuntary detainment of residents as young as five years old oh in COVID-19 quote-unquote entertainment camps for failing to comply with the state's experimental vaccine mandate. Um, this is the actual bill, WAC. There's a number there. A proposed revision to include COVID protocols under the state's Communicable and Certain Other Disease Act outlines procedures for isolation and quarantine. The measure would allow local health officials, quote unquote, at his or her sole discretion to issue an emergency detention order causing a person or group of persons to be immediately detained for purposes of isolation or quarantine. Health of officers are required to provide documentation. Yeah, what documentation? Proving unvaccinated residents subject to detention have denied, quote unquote, requests for medical examination, testing, treatment, counseling, vaccination, decontamination of persons or animals, isolation, quarantine, inspection, and closures of facilities prior to involuntary confinement in quarantine facilities, the resolution states. <laughs> wow. People wow. are sick. While they are sick, the amended law would also allow health officers to deploy law enforcement officials to assist with the arrest of uncompliant Washington residents. Uh, according to this bill, a local health officer may invoke the powers of police powers, sheriffs, constables, and all other offices and employees of political subdivisions with the jurisdiction of the health department to enforce immediate, immediately orders given to Effectuate. effectuate the purposes of this section in accordance with this is just this is so draconian this is it over the top orwellian right like we're gonna have yeah. to rewrite orwell you know and again just not only the ability for them to determine but then also granting to those health officials basically unelected powers of of, of sheriffs of law enforcement I mean, we saw this not only with the attempt for those health officials to shut down some of the businesses, which they were really extremely pushed back, but now you're basically empowering them. So, again, um, this will just, and I think we may have even put in the title, this will just continue to push the balkanization of, of yeah. our country if these laws stand, not only in, in New York City with the, the illegal votes, uh, but also with this type of draconian measures in regards to basically what we're witnessing in, in like Australia and other countries have been able to implement these policies rather successfully. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about this, right? The emergency detention order legalizes the isolation. Now, remember this, folks. They can come get your kid if your kid's five years old. Think about a five-year-old baby. A five-year-old's a baby. You're a baby when you're five. Okay. Five, which you know, it, 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 you see, is it a coincidence that five the age of five is also the preferred age for these uh Luciferians to uh you know uh pop their the five year olds uh, uh penal gland and extract some uh, adrenochrome? Wouldn't yeah. that also be the prime age, the, the ripe age of five? Is that a coincidence? Age? 
Nope, not at all. Not well, at all. four years old, three years old, but five. Hmm. Interesting. I'm being a little tinfoil, a little conspiratorial, but, you know, these things my brain does make a connection with, right? Is that just coincidence? The emergency order legalized the isolation and the detainment of American citizens who failed to voluntarily comply with COVID gene therapy shots for a period not to extend 10 days. Now watch this. Here's the scary part. However, a judge may extend the forced quarantine for how many more days, Siege? Sorry, V, I was looking away from the monitor. No problem. <laughs> a forced quarantine for a period <clears throat> not to exceed 30 days if the segregated individual or family persists to refuse vaccination. In other words, you're going to be locked down in their concentration camp for 30 days. And folks, let me explain something to you. 30 days can be extended. I guarantee you, if they say you're going to stay in for 90, you're in there for 90 days. How will this impact your life? You got to understand, most Americans are two paychecks away from being homeless. Two paychecks away from being homeless. Most Americans would have suffered catastrophic loss. Catastrophic loss if they were locked up for 30 days in a facility with the inability to work. And what if it goes beyond? What if the same judge says, you know what? You still refuse after the end of 30 days. How about 60 days until you crack? People who utilize the state isolation and quarantine facility would be those who do not necessarily reside in a specific county. Oh, listen to this. So what is the point? You know, I always wanted to visit Seattle before it went to shit. But now I'm definitely not going to Washington. People who utilize state isolation, it will not be necessarily reside in a specific county, including travelers, as well as people on vessels that have outbreaks on their ships who berth on the Washington coast, and international and interstate travelers who test positive at SeaTac Airport may also stay at this facility. you got to be kidding me. In other words, don't come. Here is the thing, folks. Look, Rogan said it best. The mask is the far left's MAGA hat. The face mask is the far left's MAGA hat. And us freedom-minded people, we are running to places with least amount of restrictions. And those in the far left are flying into droves with places with the most amount of restrictions. Govern me harder, daddy. People who utilize state isolation quarantine facility would be those who do not necessarily reside in the county, right? The Washington law was certified October 25th, 2019, months prior to the coronavirus outbreak. Isn't that, isn't that something funny, Siege? You would think that this law was made last month, right? Right, right. But this law was certified October 25th, 2019, months prior to the outbreak of the coronavirus in the United States. The first confirmed case of COVID in the U.S. was diagnosed in Seattle, of all places, January 20th, 2020. There's that date again, 222. Interesting. Interesting. Look at this. If you scroll down, you could actually see. Go ahead, scroll down, see. Get to the, the actual law right there. Look in the bottom. Keep going, keep going. You see the circle? Right there it is. There's the date. Certified on October the 25th, 2019. 
So now, see, the blue states, they, they want illegals to vote in their city and state. So it's city, but soon it's going, to be, it's going to be state elections. That's going to cement the power of the Democrats. Then they want to bring out these rigorous things. The only people that are going to be staying in blue states are idiot far leftist morons who are, they just love being abused. They just love being abused and they love tyranny. And we also know that in October of 2019, Siege, and actually October of 2020, we had event 201. So there's a lot of things happening in October. And we yep. also know, Siege, that in August, yeah, October 2019, yeah, that actually October 2019 was the same month we had event 201. And we know that in August of 2019, there were coronavirus antibodies and particulates that were found or antigens, excuse me, that were found not one, not two, but nine states in the United States. We also know there was that time where, you remember, Siege, where they were blaming vaping. Oh, there's a new vaping yep. uh, illness. Everybody who's vaping is coming down with a respiratory disease. And people were winding up in hospitals with respiratory illnesses, and the, and the media wrote it off as everybody's vaping. Yep. And do you also remember that August was a time where in the, the United States lab of, uh, of Fort Detrick, Maryland, there was a nursing home not too far from there where I think over 20-some-odd um, nursing home patients died from a respiratory illness. In other words, coronavirus was already here in August, folks. Way before Wuhan, way before any of that crap. And this is the reason why they released it. It was running its, its gambit through certain states in the United States, right? And then in October, mm. certain states like Washington <clears throat> put this bill together, certified it in October of 2019. It's also the reason why Bill Gates also did Event 201, which simulated a coronavirus outbreak in the United States and how lockdowns and forced vaccinations would be the way out. All of it done in 2019 and boom, come on. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the blue states are going to get bluer. Red states are going to get bluer. I mean, red, redder. Yeah. You know, one of our listeners, Annie Vasquez, says, we just bought a house. Annie, if you're in New York, sell the house. Some idiot somewhere will buy it. They'll think it's a great deal. Right now, real estate prices are high. If you want to, you can sell your house for more than what you bought it for. Get the hell out of Dodge. If you're a teacher or, or some sort of worker in New York or Illinois or whatnot, like, you know, <clears throat> Get out of there. You can get a, you can easily get a teaching teaching job somewhere else. And who the hell cares about your pension? You're not going to have a pension because I'll, I'll tell you right now, the economy is going to go broke before you even get to benefit off your pension. If you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, or even 50s, get the hell out because you're not even going to enjoy your pension, right? I mean, if you're getting you're drawing a pension now, you're going to be fine. You're going to ride out. Those will cut you your IOUs. But this new crop of people that are in their 20s and 30s, what are you waiting around for a pension for? By the time you get to retire, not, the economy's not even going to be there. Leave while you can. Get out while you can. It's only going to get worse. It's unbelievable, Siege. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. And it's, you know, the various articles and everything we, we discussed, you know, ranging from, you know, the Ukraine event, what's happening there, you know, geopolitically. 
to the voting, uh, to what's happening in regards to these laws. It's all it's all intertwined. And I think that that's, you know, what's important to, to understand. And, you know, when, when you look at things that are being discussed and launched uh, similar to, you know, to to the, like the, the metaverse, you know, there's the, there's a very specific reason why the, the timing of, of that is being released at this is because the the grip that they had of, of our reality of this massive debt printing this this you know massive facade of of believing that the quality of life that we had here in america was mostly debt driven it was you know for for far too long not only with individuals but but our government you know corporations and when that comes crashing down to reality you're going to have to create that virtually in terms of what people and their experiences are so the metaverse is 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 a lot more than than meets the eye. It's it's transitioning people from a physical reality to a virtual reality and allowing them to have the life experiences that they're no longer going to be able to do. Whether it's vacationing, whether it's um, uh, you know, whether it's being able to have entertainment, different things. There, there's a reason for for all of it. The and. Um, you know, and, and and do I do I know the orchestrators behind it and the grand scheme of what they're doing? I, I I don't, but there's no doubt in terms of you know looking at each piece of the puzzle and putting together, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you know not only allowing the illegals uh, an opportunity to vote, I think that they fully understand that most of the, these things that are occurring, everything from the Biden administration granting certain agencies, the ability to try to pass laws and circumvent Congress. And, and what I'm talking about is just like for the mandates from the voting where they know that probably more than likely it's, it's unconstitutional things are going to happen. We're going to see a transition. Like let's, let's, I hope that the courts will uphold and, and resist some of these things that completely violate our constitution. But I think what they're prepared to do is by the massive consolidation of of powers to corporations <clears throat> we will begin to see the ability for these corporations amazon um you know who, whoever else these massive corporations will be, be be able to basically start implementing some of these policies that maybe can't be accomplished legislatively they'll be able to do it through these corporations um you know, give you an example is like, you know, this entire type green movement, this green energy, you know, V, what's to take Amazon, for example, and say, listen, you know, like, you know, these 20,000 companies that we have on here that we were basically your your e-commerce platform that um, we're reinstituting our changes to our policies that we're going to evaluate your uh, attempts to conserve energy, your attempts to green things. And if you don't make meet these certain criterias, you no longer can be on your platform. So, so they're going to circumvent. They're going to work to try to circumvent. If they can't get done, accomplish legislatively and through the courts, you will begin to see a navigation into these corporations and what the corporations are doing to inf influence and change public policy. People ask me all the time, what are the best states to flee to? I'm going to give you guys a list. If you got a pen and paper ready or you want to replay this, here's a list. Okay. These are the most reddest states in the union. Okay, red, red, red. And Florida's really gotten red because the majority of people that have moved to Florida, they I mean, the Republicans have increased their voter roll by almost 300,000. It's significant. I mean, Democrats have completely lost Florida. You put Florida on the list, Texas, Idaho. Idaho is a great place. 
Wyoming, okay, Indiana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Georgia, West Virginia, Tennessee, Utah, Wyoming, okay? And if you really want to get out there, Alaska. Those would be your best states. Now you have, you know, pink states that are, you know, still more, more conservative than average. You got, you got you got Texas on there on the list. Texas is booming. I think uh, they're fighting like hell over there with the border issues and whatnot. Arizona is another one. Kentucky is another one. North Carolina is another one. Okay. Ohio is another one. Okay. That's basically it. Right. And then you got states that are somewhat in between. Okay. That are like yeah, teeter tottering between, you know, they're like a 50 50 mix. That'll be Pennsylvania. That'll be Virginia. That'll be Michigan. That'll be Wisconsin. That'll be Iowa. That'll be Minnesota. Actually, Minnesota has fallen. They're gone. Nebraska would be another one. Uh, I, I, I would, I used to say Nevada, but that, that's, that, that's gone. That's the, the commies have taken that over, but that. Even, even Heidi, even Heidi Fleiss has moved out of Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Shit, can't do now, it anymore. And if you want to get out of the country, there, there, there are a list of countries. Look, I mean, the, the United States, as we currently know, it is a legacy brand. You know, Valentina, right? Moved to Russia. Russia is a great place. Booming economy. All the uh, all the economic uh, economists, morons who who falsely read economic numbers, who tell you Russia is just a gas station masquerading as a country. No, it's not. Russia has an incredible talent pool. I, I I would say, and a lot of experts who study this stuff would say, the Russian economy is probably about the size and or bigger than Germany's. That is a god honest truth. God honest truth. Okay, so yeah, Russia's a great place. Um, honestly, if Kazakhstan is able to get their crap together and purge out their little uh, Western deep staters, that, that, that'd be a great place as well. Um, uh, you know, we got uh, Estonia is, is quite nice, kind of neutral. Uh, where else? I mean, there's there's some good spots, man. I got, you know, I had a list, you know, of, of countries that are quite good to move to. I got, I'll got to dig those up and go through the the list. Um, I like Malaysia, Singapore, if you have the money. Okay. Singapore is brutally expensive. Malaysia is awesome. Um, what else? I mean, there's so many other places. There's outskirts of Indonesia, which are quite nice. Um, but, you know, the Western Hemisphere, see, you're looking at Central and South America, it's like everything is swinging left, man. It's it's brutal, bro. I mean, the only guy holding on for dear life right now is Bolsonaro in Brazil. And if Bolsonaro falls, then the entire Western Hemisphere has gone left. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's the way it is, folks. And uh, see, one more one more news bit. I almost forgot. Novak Djokovic is free. He's a free man. Djokovic is free. Yes, indeed. And what a what I mean. This is the number one tennis player in the world, and they literally treated him like a political football, right? Novak Djokovic was issued a message about his devoted uh, to his uh, devoted fans and shared a photo of himself for the first time since a court verdict on his visa row with the Australian government over his COVID vaccination status. Mystery surrounded Djokovic's whereabouts in the immediate aftermath of his high-profile hearing on Australia on a Monday, which ended in a judge ordering the world number one to be freed as officials appeared to threaten him with deportation despite the ruling. 
Amid concerns that uh, for Djokovic's physical and mental well-being, after he spent several days detained in a hotel, the Serbian hero has made his first public announcement since he has thanked fans for their support while he awaited their seismic decision. I'm pleased to be grateful that the judge overthrew, overturned my visa cancellation, Djokovic told millions of his social media followers, picturing himself smiling on a tournament court alongside his team. Ridiculous. But anyway, Djokovic is free. He is an athlete that is taking the stand against vaccinations. And uh, that is something we could all get behind. And uh, look, see, you know, it's amazing when I look back at the, at, the, at the U.S., we are literally splitting into two countries, man. Literally. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think, and I, and I think the, the frequency of it's actually increasing, uh, you know, quite a bit, V, um, especially, especially with those voting things that are, that are taking place. I mean, because like, I don't know the implications to understand, like if they're adding that many people to their voting ranks, like 800,000, I mean, that's, that's a pretty significant amount of population. Like, what does that do in terms of, do those people automatically get fed into the census that potentially, you know, changes the, the, the number of seats that the the representation that they get at the, at the federal level in regards to the the state, you know, the house, the, the, the Senate seat. So, so there's definitely efforts to um, to do that, but I think as a, as a as you we witness states like Florida, Texas, you know, begin to massively you know push back again. And by the way, I think Texas just got a huge, won some huge deal with Samsung. Um, yeah, for chip for, factory, huh? For chip factory, chip, yeah, chip factory. So I so I I think we're gonna start to see some some <clears throat> more of that as we as we move forward. Um, the only factor. Uh, that we will have to see as we move into 2024 is, you know, what the population feels in terms of, of like, you know, the, the, the election cycle, because I, I, I know based upon looking at, you know, streams based upon information that's there that, you know, you know, a good chunk of our populations, you know, still fully supports in the ideas of, of our Republic in terms of, of the United States of America, 50 States as a, as, as a whole. Um, the, the difficulty with, with understanding that is the magnitude of how that's been impacted by all these laws, the stories that we continue to share and, and people need to start paying attention. You know, people, people need to start waking up and realizing everything from the story that we covered in, was it in Washington in regards to the the ability to arrest quarantine five-year-olds, these draconian policies that are taking place, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time before these things are passed where there'll be another, blue state that looks at this and says oh look they were successful in doing this in their state let's let's bring this ideal here let's 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 bring this here because we we see that the courts upheld it so we have a pathway now to to basically set up these uh quarantine camps and and establish those so yeah now's the time you know again we we've said for numerous numerous you know couple years now that you know get to the right areas get to the right states focus on local local issues local topics uh but but you know, there's going to be a lot of static. There's going to be a lot of noise here soon in regards to what the political process is heading into our next election cycle. Last but not least, I just thought, you, are you able to bring out your uh, your phone? I, I sent you some images which are key, and I just texted it to you. If you could pull those. Yeah, give me a up. second. Yep. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about, folks. Remember, remember, okay? Remember what I said weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and probably like a month or two ago. That I said by spring 2022, they're going to start wrapping this thing up, right? That you're going to see a narrative shift and you're going to see a, 
a, a, a, a short selling of big pharma stock. And every day that passes off the calendar, that data is starting to become more and more true. Now, Caesar is going to bring up some very key, key slides here that are going to be demonstrating this narrative change. And it looks like we're heading that in that direction now. Remember, you heard it here first. Here we go. Look at this. Crank the first one there. This is uh, Susan Walensky, okay? Ray, I'm sorry, Ro Rochelle Walensky of the CDC. We must protect people with comorbid. All of a sudden, it's all about comorbidities. And now that they're admitting that the average age of a COVID victim is 83. 83. The average life expectancy in the United States is 78. So in other words, these are people that have lived past their prime in terms of life, life expectancy. They're 83. So here's Walensky saying we must protect people with comorbidities from severe COVID-19. I went to medicine, HIV specifically, and public health to protect our most at risk. CDC is taking steps to protect those at the highest risk, including those with chronic health conditions, disabilities, and older adults. See you next slide. <clears throat> okay, I found this on the web. For the average life expectancy in the United States, 78 people that I've lived past their prime in terms of live life expectancy, and 80... Thank you, Siri. <laughs> the biggest wealth transfer in history is pretty much complete. And here's GB News. Former vaccine task force chief says it is pointless trying to stop infection and calls for an end of vaccines and testing. Okay. Kind of like when Brandon said, oh, uh, there's no federal solution uh, to, to this. And he kicked it back to the states. Narrative changing. Next slide, Siege. The last guy to figure it out has finally figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> the eunuch potato head okay cnn's brian stelter it's so sad it's so sad but it's true the cdc has turned into a punchline when you lost cnn's chief propagandist you've truly truly lost you see the cnn is throwing the cdc under the bus next slide siege um that might be all that came through oh really let me see here. Oh, hang on. There's one that came through as a link. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one's a, the CDC one. Yeah, this is the link. The CDC director just said over 75% of coronavirus deaths occurred in people with at least four comorbidities. Since Biden can't shut down COVID, suddenly all this data is getting shared publicly. <gasps> really? Go ahead and play that clip real quick. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. The overwhelming number there you of go. For 75%. Now, it just seems like the deluge is opening up. Now you have guys out there like Dr. Peter McCullough, you have Dr. Robert Malone, you have Stephen Kirsch, you have so many people that have come out there that are dropping bombs on platforms like Joe Rogan's and Patrick David and all these other major platforms that are interviewing. The, the, the truth has gone viral. 
Then the fact that the all of a sudden you got you know f- uh, soccer players that are dropping like flies all over the place, and it becomes a very hard thing to control. Watch what I said. I've said this weeks and weeks and months ago at this point, folks. Before any of these data, before this narrative even started changing, I said, don't be surprised when the narrative changes and we're looking for a pharma school short. So all my guys, my dudes like Crypto Cowboy and everybody else that are, are, are chartists, that are techni- these, these guys are some of the smartest guys on the technicals, keep watching those stocks. Let's see what happens. And as we get closer to the date, I'm looking forward to having everybody on. Uh, all our guys who are into the uh, on the geostrategic, the geoeconomic spectrum, and then having Crypto Cowboy on. And uh, we will have a hell of a time narrating this complete downturn. And you heard it here. You heard it here on Rogue, folks. Remember that. With that being said, Siege, I'm all done, man. Yeah, um, just for our listeners, this will be taken down um, from, from YouTube, um, just primarily because of the, the, the COVID, the jab, all these things. So go to roguenews.com. Um, the website's been refreshed. It's back up. Uh, we'll, we'll start using probably primarily you know YouTube for like live streams. Also, this is on Twitch as well uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, but then replays up there. Just, just to safeguard, it helps to get live stream out there. Like, you know, unless you want to... Sp- you know, spend like upwards of a grand a month to live stream to certain platforms. It's very expensive to do so. So right now, just, you know, YouTube makes it real easy to accomplish that. Exactly. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the show. Take it away. El Coco.